When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Horn Countdown to the Championship Kickoff Show. Presented by One Source Gas and our travel partners, Hayes City Store and The Taste on Main. Stuck in the phases, turning to my whole life. I remember the days when we weren't ashamed. Didn't matter who was wrong or right. We were playing like it really didn't matter. Caught up Back on the sports complex here in the Horn Hour, two of a special three-hour countdown to the championship kickoff show. We're gonna go back to Aaron Hogan out there at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas, but it is a five-one-two Friday where we play local music. You can go check out around town this weekend and. This is Daniel Fears, really good artist. He has a new EP coming out, and they're celebrating it tonight at Radio East. So you can go check out Daniel Fears at Radio East and go check out the new music from Daniel Fears. Really, really good stuff there from Daniel Fears, as you can tell, as you can tell. Uh, we're going to keep the party rolling here. Our man Aaron Hogan is out at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas right now, having a good time. I just heard sirens happening, so you know it's a party out there. Aaron, how's there things feeling out there in Dallas right now? Yeah, you can't beat the natural sound of downtown Dallas, Texas. We were here for Texas OU, and obviously that did not turn out great. Uh, hoping for a better outcome here as the Longhorns lost that their, their only loss of the year. Hoping Terry Black's barbecue a better luck charm this time uh, as we get it cranked up. But everything's good. Everything's good. Uh, Bobby and Jerry are enjoying some of this amazing Terry Black's barbecue, so we'll hold the fort down until they get uh, through some of these ribs and briskets that they're having uh, for dinner. Uh, highly recommended. And by the way, if you can't make it up here, to Terry Black's Barbecue. Of course, there is one in Austin on uh, Barton Springs. Uh, there's also a great location in Lockhart as you're coming into Lockhart. Uh, Terry is open. It's, it's brand new uh, down there. It's awesome. So get yourself some TB's bar Barbecue. Good tailgating food uh, for the game tomorrow. Uh, and, yeah, thanks to our friends at One Source Gas, too, of Central Texas. My buddy Richard Strever and his team, if you have comp- compressed gas needs for your business, let them be your, your solution every time. OneSourceGasATX.com. Spell out the word one, by the way. And uh, Hay City Store and Ice House and uh, Taste on Main, our travel partners up here today and tomorrow. In Dallas today, Patrick, and in Arlington tomorrow at uh, Jay Gilligan's, having a good old time. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're cranking this thing up. I mean, uh, the mood is good. Uh, people are confident. But I also am I'm reminded that we're pretty confident for Texas OU. And uh, the Longhorns lost that football game. Uh, and, you know, that's the recipe. You know, you look at that game, Patrick. Uh, the two early turnovers from Quinn Ewers, you know, put Texas in a bit of a hole. Uh, the two-minute defense wasn't great at the end of either half, and uh, in the end, the Longhorn and the goal, you know, the red zone offense was a problem, obviously, in the Texas OU game. Uh, those four stops from the one-yard line stand out, and you know, those are the ways you, you don't win a football game because I've said all week long, Patrick, I feel like uh, this game and the Michigan game, uh, the Big Ten championship game tomorrow night, 
just feels like uh, the only team that can beat Michigan is Michigan, and I feel like the only team that can beat Texas in this matchup is Texas. Now, Oklahoma State's going to have to force some of those issues, uh, but Texas would have to be their own worst enemy in this game, I think, to lose it. Can they cover the 14 or 15 points, if that's what it is? Uh, that, that's a, that doesn't really matter, but um, to lose the game, it would have to be a lot of mistakes from Texas. Yeah, and I think what you really look at with, with Oklahoma State, especially with their recent success, is it's being Texas trying to – you know, take care of business by going for it on fourth down. It's Texas trying to take care of business by taking only deep shots and having to punt the ball. It's Texas calling plays to try and push this game out before they need to and then allowing uh, Oklahoma State to only be down 7 or 14 at the half and Oklahoma State to play really good second half, which they've been doing all season long. You don't have the momentum. You just have to keep the momentum on your side. Uh, You know, I think we all believe that it's going to be more burnt orange than Oklahoma State fans there at uh, at Jerry World, so you're going to have the crowd as long as you can keep them in the game. But you know that when that silence and then you hear the lesser crowd cheering, it, it's not a great feeling. So you want to see Texas just be able to put their foot on the throat on this one. And it's as I called them, I call it the, Oklahoma State's the cockroach of the Big Twelve this season, or probably college football. <laughs> that you know, if you ever kill a cockroach, you spray it and you step on it, and then you leave the room to go get the broom, and you come back and it's gone. That's yeah. Oklahoma State. They're just they're not going to go away. So you have to play this full game. I think Texas Tech we saw, you know, they got down on themselves and in that second half, they, you know, it wasn't necessarily their best effort in the second half. That, that's not going to be the case in a championship game and that's not going to be the case for Oklahoma State. Uh, to, to your point, uh, I thought Major Applewhite killed the cockroach when South Alabama uh, beat Oklahoma State 33-7 in Stillwater this year. Uh, old Texas quarterback there, the OC at South Alabama. Uh, but like we talked about, Mike Gundy, being the coach he is, cha- changed the run scheme to fit Ollie Gordon, who had 19 carries after three games. And now it's 1,580 rushing yards. Yeah, he would have had a 2,000-yard season. You know, it's funny, uh, Rod and I, uh, Bobby Burton joins us too as well here at Terry Black's Barbecue. And um, we played the sound of Mike Gundy after that loss to, to where he it was almost sound like a, a Saturday Night Live skit where he was saying, no, we're good. I watched the tape. We're going to be okay. Um, you know, the things we, we – everything I, I saw in that game where they got hammered by South Alabama, I mean, obviously at Oklahoma State, they, this was panic time. Uh, he said, no, no, we're good. I watched the film. Uh, we, we've got the, the ability to fix this. And, of course, then they lost to Iowa State uh, to start conference play. Then coming out of their bye week is when they changed everything up, Bobby. And it's, it's, it's kind of a similar storyline than what we had with, uh, with Texas Tech, you know, and Joey McGuire kind of altering the way they do things. That didn't go well because this – they, they, they altered into something that Texas is really good at stopping and playing against. If I'm not mistaken, that uh, game they came back on, uh, they, they, beat, uh, they beat Kansas State at home. That was a After, Friday night game. Yeah, it was a Friday night game, and I remember watching it. I think it was the same weekend as Texas OU. And they came into that, and just they, they didn't beat Kansas State. Like, Kansas State made a – a, a comedy of errors. I mean, then turn it over here. Yeah, Will they Howard had one of his Will Spill the Pill yes, games. Yes, <laughs> good good point. And it was just interesting because it looked like a team that was capitalizing on other teams' mistakes and not getting in their own way at the same time, which is totally different than losing 33-7 to to South Alabama. And it was just, by the way, two and a half weeks earlier. Yeah. yeah. And so it just – whatever Mike Gundy does, I mean, magic dust. I don't know what he throws over the field. But uh, and another thing that, that y'all brought up that I agree with is they don't quit. No. They, they've they clearly uh, found a path to victory even in second halves this year. Just a, 
you know, it's a, it's a solid team, one that Oklahoma State fans, I think, should be proud of. Uh, is he the first coach in college football history that benched his son and won Coach of the Year in the same honor? <laughs> in the same year? <laughs> I mean, he benched his son and, and won Coach of the Year. I mean, uh, man. Sorry, kid. I bet that made for some interesting dinners with wifey. Well, that's the other part. Alan Bowman, Patrick, is a, a, you know, we saw him at Texas Tech, and I talked earlier in the week on our show to, to Craig Flowers, Colonel Craig, who uh, helps out with that aired out camp out there in, in, in Abilene. Uh, you know, David Thomas, a lifetime Longhorn, helps out with that aired out camp. That's quarterback receiver camp, and, um, you know, he's known Alan Bowman since he was in the, in the eighth grade. And so he's seen him grow, and he said Alan uh, just before, just about two weeks ago, called him. And he's now 23 years old. He's got a graduate degree from Michigan uh, where he transferred and now transferred back. He's a very mature kid. I mean, this is a, this is a young guy that won't get rattled. Uh, you know, he'll, he might be, he's not going to be perfect, but uh, this is not a guy you're going to overwhelm in this game. And he's a good player. Um, you know, Texas should be able to get after him, but that's what you're dealing with. And some of that what you're talking about, they don't quit. They're not going to. They're going to be a mature team. They know they have Ollie Gordon. And that's what uh, Sam Mays told us this morning. Don't let them be within a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, you, you're going to leave your chin open if you do that. If you, Texas should be able to build a lead and, and you know handle this thing, but don't let them be hanging around come fourth quarter time. I, I just couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean that that's the that's their mo right. Is Gundy is one of the best I've ever seen at the last six to eight minutes of a football game. Yep, he is just masterful with the clock. Uh, at, at the Big Twelve media days this year when he came up. One of the things he talked about, Aaron and, and Jerry and Patrick, he talked about how it used to be uh, I would really look at the last six minutes of a game and think about how am I going to run down the clock. Now with this new clock roll, I'm, I, I rule, I'm really thinking more about the last eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's a guy that, you yep. know, if, you, if you're trying to control the last six minutes yep. and now you're thinking, oh, well, new clock rule, maybe I can get down to the last eight minutes and kind of plan things out. That's a guy that does a lot of forethought and puts a lot of forethought yeah. into game strategy. It's not just X's and O's at that point. Yeah. It's more game strategy that he is, in my opinion, very, very good at, as, as good as anybody that's been there in the last 15, 20 years in the Big 12 for sure. Yeah, and he's ingrained, he's ingrained in his players as well. You're never out of any game. You win, so you have players that believe even if you're down 21, 24 points, they're not out of it at all. And he's trained yeah. with that philosophy of, oh, no, we're just worried about the last eight minutes. So we just got to be in the game in the last eight. We'll, we'll, we'll win the game. But that's – it's scary. I mean, if you look – I remember sitting with some friends watching the, the game last uh, last weekend, and when they were down 24-6 uh, to 6 at half, I told everybody in the room, the, the surest bet of your life is that Oklahoma State will cover 10 in the second half. It's the surest bet I can yeah. make you is they're not – they will come – I don't know if they'll win, but they will cover 10 definitely in the second half. As a coach, you guys, I think we all appreciate how difficult it is to go into a season thinking one thing, how you're going to play, how you're going to block plays, how your court, what you're going to do at quarterback, who's going to be your starting running back, and uh, have a plan and then change the course of that plan, which means not everybody's happy. Yes. Um, he's forcing young men to uh, act like men because some guys lost playing time. Um, but then to do it and have success means guys now believe in their coach when maybe they were questioning him after South Alabama in some manner. I, maybe they were questioning him in the offseason when all of his players left. That's Yeah. I mean, maybe that, that questioning started back in the, the spring when half their roster 
decided to go to, I don't know, TCU, Washington, yep. et cetera. And, and what's interesting about that is, is Mike Gundy said in his press conference Monday, he said, look, we lost some – some pl- good players to the portal that didn't fit here, and I think we're a better team for it. Yeah. They're not as talented this year as they would have been, but he feels like they have a better football team. Yeah, Gundy talked about his uh, availability this week about – somebody asked him about this, you know, how they change things during the season, and he talked about uh, every Sunday you know, he sits with his coaches. He does special teams for about an hour. Then he sits with the offense for two hours and then the defense for three hours and his coaches. says the offense doesn't take as long because I'm, I'm more aggressive. I'm more of an offensive guy. Uh, but he says he sits and talks to all the coaches, and it's a hard conversation of, okay, why are we doing this? Why isn't this scheme working? Uh, what are we doing wrong here? Uh, and he said the reason that he, he's got to be able to explain to the players why. Like, why isn't this working? Why are you not having success, and how are we going to fix it, right? That's the important part. I always tell, tell, remind people, Jerry, that your, your father was a high school football yep. coach. Uh, you've been around this your whole life. Um, you have to explain to players, you know, yeah, well, it's one thing to drop a pass or make a mistake, but if you're doing it the way they're telling you and it's not working, You've got to be able to explain to the players, A, why it's not working, and then, B, how are we going to fix that? Because yeah. the players want to have success. No, they do. And, and the most interesting thing, I had a college coach tell me one time, he said, the, he said the thing about difference in high school and college, he said is, look, you obviously have 85 players in college, right, or close to that, 120 on your roster total. But he said, how many of those guys are audio learners? How many of those guys are visual learners? How many of those guys do you have to get to and – motivate a different way than 30 other guys he said if and this coach said if you can't really read your room as a position coach and as a head coach read your rooms and team he said you have issues um and i think he's so spot on and the one thing about uh, the one thing i'm uh, my dad uh, you know one thing he can always say is he never had to bench his son because i just played basketball <laughs> <laughs> so he got out free he got a get out of jail free card you did, you did a friendly to him, not playing football. Uh, Jerry Hamilton is here. Bobby Burton is here. Here is Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas on South Main Street. Just saw Travis Tyndall and his wife Tamara walk in from Hay City Store. They're going to enjoy oh, awesome. some of this great barbecue. We'll say hi to them here coming up. They're helping us be up here today. Uh, and, Patrick, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the gist, right? The, long, the one thing that's for sure, we talk about being connected to your rooms. Uh, Sark has uh, really, you know, talked about that a lot. Uh, Patrick, how connected this team is and how connected he is to the team. Think about this, Patrick. Uh, you know, Sark talked openly this week about how his, his relationship with the kicker, Burt Auburn. Can yep. you compare that to Tom Herman, who wouldn't even call a kicker by his <laughs> <Right>. name? <laughs> wouldn't even call the guy by his name? I love it. What a great – I'm sorry, but what a great comparison and analogy, yeah. Yeah. You got to remember between the two people. you yeah. got to remember, he came from the coach who kicked his kicker. So <laughs> this, is not, this is not just a Tom Herman thing. This is an Ohio State Urban Meyer thing that he got that yeah, coming that's right. from. But if you look at what he's got the buy-in, and I like one of the things he said this week when he was asked about uh, what's the most improved uh, facet of the, the Texas game, like what are you most impressed with the improvement? He said special teams, and his point was it's because of player development because he's got a lot of younger guys on that special teams, and you're actually seeing player development, which we haven't seen in Texas through some different regimes that have been here. So if we know that Texas is now starting to bring these guys up and starting to improve and get them better, that's something that Mike Gundy has had on Texas for years is his players got better throughout the year, and Texas didn't necessarily get better throughout the year, at least not across the board. 
But when you look at what, you know, they're getting punt returns back and kick returns back for touchdowns, and you're starting to get those blocks in the right place, and you're starting to get guys to realize where the gunners are, and you're starting to get everything to figure where team where the players are starting to figure out at that level, the player development, when you talk about having everybody buy in, four- and five-star athletes that, you know, uh, everyone else thinks everyone's going to transfer because you're not getting playing time, and a lot of these guys are on special teams playing their heart out because they believe in what Sark's saying. It's a definite edge that this Texas team has that they haven't had in years past. Yes. I, I thought one of the cool things in the game in the win over Tech, and I know there's a, there's a lot of walk-on kickers, but at Blue Blood programs, a lot of times those guys were scholarship guys coming in. Walk-on kicker, five field goals. Walk on safety block punt. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool for a blue blood school that has a lot of talent. It's going to have six, seven, eight guys drafted. Multiple walk on guys made big plays in that game. Jet Bush with an interception return for There's a There's another walk on. Yeah, walk on. The good gray, point, Bobby. Gray shirt. And that's, that's uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of optimism, and that's why this team has been fun to cover. But you have five stars achieving at a high level. Uh, playing early, playing to NFL levels, but the development of a three-star guy like Tavondre Sweat yes. and then the development of walk-ons. Yes. Uh, and I know, Jerry, you here at Bobby, uh, when you're on the recruiting trail uh, and talking to high school coaches and high school players, that is important. I mean, they want they want to play for championships and play with good players, but they want to be developed yes. to play at the next level. Now, I think that's I think that's number one and 1A and 1B. I think 1A is always, do I get, hear my name call on draft night? Uh, the only way that happens is if 1B, if player development's part of it. Because one of the great things Nick Saban's done at Alabama is his five stars turn out. I mean, he's developing even the really, really good players. He gets the best talent he has. He's got a higher hit rate on five stars than other programs. And that's 1A and 1B for these kids coming out. I know NIL has changed the game a little bit. Uh, but, you know, if, if you ever have T.J. Ford on, he's going to say it. He says it to me all the time whenever we get in these conversations as friends. Jerry, number one is guys want to hear their name called on draft night, and they're going to go somewhere they think that can happen. Well, and, I, you know, Nick Saban did this, Kirby Smart's doing it, and I know it's where Sark wants to go. You know, when you start having NFL scouts at your practices, yes, because that's they don't have to go to the games, right? They, they want to go to the practices. Um, that's that, that's the that's the special sauce because it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, you, then your practices get tougher because yeah. there are scouts in the building. I'll, I'll take it a step further. It's not where Steve Sarkeesian wants to go. It's where Steve Sarkeesian is headed. Yeah. Um, look, you don't have consecutive back-to-back uh, top five recruiting classes. They're going to follow that up probably with a top five to seven recruiting class. And frankly, I think they're going to be aggressive in the portal uh, this offseason. And so you add all of that together, and I think you have a special mix uh, today uh, at, in Austin. Yeah, what, uh, what, what positions do you guys think they're going to be most aggressive in the portal? Wide receiver. Absolutely wide receiver. Tight end. Uh, if it's a vertical stretch tight end to go with Gunner Helm, Jordan Washington's coming in early. But you ideally want some time for him to bake a little bit, keep getting stronger, learning the position, a basketball kid, transition to football. So portal tight end can stretch the field. Uh, safety, I think. Linebacker gets a look, at inside backer. Um, and I think defensive tackle, Bobby and punter. Yeah, I think defensive tackle is the golden ticket, right? Yeah. Um, there's going to be quality wide receivers available. Yes. We know that. I mean, there's quality quarterbacks available right, right now. The portal's going nuts. The question is, is there going to be a quality defensive tackle available? On top of that, we've got to talk about retention. Yeah. Because, look, Trill Carter and Alfred Collins both walked on senior day, right? Yeah. 
either of those two come back, that's retention's just as good as signing someone new. Yes. Uh, or better. I mean, Jordan Whittington and Tavondre Sweat walked last year on yes. senior night and both came back. Uh, and we see what's happened with those guys. Because uh, Sarks is big on, look, if you may go, do it. You deserve it. You, know, you, you, you may not want you to not get that opportunity if right. you decide to go something and do something else. So uh, they walked, but that's uh, precautionary. Offer Collins could come back. And you're right. I mean, Bo Davis has to have as good a reputation on the portal trail and on the recruiting trails you can find. The way we've seen Coburn and Ojimo and now uh, you know, Sweat and Murphy and these guys, Collins, develop. You know, guys are going to want to come play for those guys who want to hear their name called on draft night. I, I think defensive tackle has to be so selective, yeah. though, because, look, the one thing what social media has changed and just covering this stuff is you see, and I don't want to call them prima donnas, but you see more, and I don't want to call them divas, but you see more social media stars at D-tackle than I, I saw year, a few years ago, Okay. <laughs> And that's always been reserved for, for the corners and receivers and running backs, right? But now you see more D-tackles. So if you're a guy like Bo Davis who coaches guys really hard, you have to absolutely pick the right guys that are going to handle the work and understand the process and not get caught up in some of the other things. I think that because that position is more Im- important than anyone in that regard to me because you don't really – you don't see many offensive linemen like that right but you see i'm seeing more d linemen like that on social media so you have to really pick the right guys they're going to put that hand in the dirt and go to work and really care about football and development over everything that comes with football uh, agreed uh, as far as retention you know it's fair, fair to say that uh, longhorns you know win or lose tomorrow but if they win they get in the playoff or not, I mean, they could have guys that, that, that are leaving ahead of a bowl game or a semifinal game. I mean, that's just that's the nature of the beast right now. And it could be guys you know, names you know, Malik Murphy potentially um, yep. with, with the quarterbacks, and you got to get in quick and you got to get a spot. You know, this is going to be a, a December unlike any other. I, I, I agree, and that, that's the crazy thing. So it, let's say Texas wins uh, the game tomorrow, which they're favored to win by two touchdowns. And let's say FSU loses to Louisville, which that line's down to pick them. Um, and Texas gets in, they're not going to have the entire roster that they played this game with tomorrow in January. They can't. I mean, I think some kids, if they play in the jump in the portal, may wait until after uh, the uh, a call, potential college football playoff game. But some may not be able to. Think about how many guys in certain positions are already saying they're jumping in the portal. Spots are going to go fast. I mean, so it's a, it's very competitive to get your spot if you're jumping to the portal. So, Bobby, you're going to have a team. You could have a Texas team that it, it, Sunday at 11 potentially could be announced to be in the playoff and have six to eight guys leave off a team in the playoffs. That's where we're at in college football right now. I would add this. Uh, if they're looking to leave and get NIL, right. creates a different sense of urgency True. than just a spot True. on the roster. Yeah. Um, ostensibly, most of those players – that would be leaving Texas are just looking for a spot on the roster. So the urgency isn't quite as heavy, Jerry. Right. But I hear your point. Uh, your point's very well taken. The, the thing that I would watch uh, as it relates to the portal, Steve Sarkeesian is expected to meet with all his players individually yep. over the next week and a half, two weeks. He does it every year. It's exit their, meetings, yeah. Yeah, it's his exit meetings. And so we know some of those start on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, when they get back to Austin. And so we'll hear – and I think it may be a trickle. I don't think it's going to be this in mass announcement on December 4th. Right. Now, there may be three or four that have already made their decision and are going, but I don't think it's going to be six, eight, right. ten guys right. 
out of the shoot like that. I think it'll be uh, – we'll wait uh, and see what happens Agreed. as the week goes on. Agreed. All right, Patrick, good stuff. We're live on a Friday evening, afternoon evening at uh, Terry Black's Barbecue here in downtown Dallas, down in the Deep Ellum area, uh, East Dallas, downtown. It's a great, great spot. Uh, dropping temperatures here, man. We're down into the mid-50s. It's going to be a beautiful night and uh, Chris night for the Pac-12 championship game. Guys, we've got to get into that, Patrick. We come back is I heard some of the Dallas radio guys driving in talking about how no team has ever gone from seven all the way into the Final Four, but I think we all think if Texas wins and a couple things happen, Texas can make that the first team to do that. We'll talk about why. Uh, I think being a conference champion this year is going to matter a lot. Uh, you know, the Trump too. card, if Texas wins tomorrow, we'll get into it, Patrick, is you know, Ohio State doesn't have a conference championship, didn't even play for it. Washington, if they lose to Oregon, won't have a conference championship. Yep. Texas, when you're looking for that final data point, that 12th win, which gives you a trophy, that's going to be huge uh, for Texas in a, in a potential move up, especially if Florida State loses and Louisville grabs that trophy and they're not in contention for the playoff, that could be the spot the Longhorns are looking for. I, I think there's two key scenarios here for Texas. One, obviously, is FSU loses. If Texas wins and FSU loses, I think Texas is going to get in. I think the other one is what happens if Alabama beats Georgia. That, that's the mess. Because I think Alabama – I can agree with Joel Klatt, what he said earlier uh, this week. Alabama's going to pull Texas in because Texas has the head-to-head win. Yep. So I FSU that. in that scenario – it could get left out um, even if they scrape by tomorrow. If Alabama beats Georgia that and FSU wins, the committee's in a really tough spot because how do you leave out Texas as they're the only team that went in the Tuscaloosa in the history of Nick Saban and won by 10? Yeah, I think that's – this is a, and I'd say this for everybody that's comparing old years and previous years. There's never been a year like this where you have eight teams with a look at it. and Like Alabama's eight. If they beat Georgia, they're going to be in. Yes. So no one's ever gone that far. Uh, and, and that would knock Georgia out by the same reason I just said. Yep. They wouldn't have a conference championship. Uh, and how about this scenario? If Bama does win, Michigan wins, they're in. Oregon wins, they're in. Texas has to come in if Alabama's coming. Even if Florida State wins, you're going to tell Florida State, sorry, y'all, uh, you have a conference championship. But with your third-string quarterback, we just can't do it. Well, here's the thought here that I, that I think Texas fans need to realize when Texas is ranked seven. There are five power five conferences right hence the term well in four of those conference games there's an undefeated team tomorrow yeah. or tonight in the case yeah. of washington and oregon big 12 is the only one that doesn't have an undefeated correct player uh going on in these conference championships games and so i feel like if texas uh comes out and takes care of business it can't be the one caveat with texas they can't get lucky on a Hail Mary and right. win the game. Right. Yeah. It or, has uh, to be a win. It doesn't matter if it's 10, 14 points. It could be seven. But they have to definitively win the game. It can't be a fluke. Yeah. As long as Texas takes care of business that way, I'm telling you, they root for FSU to win. They root for Alabama to win. And I think Texas is playing in the college football playoff. I, I do not – I mean, by rule, it says two things. You have to go off of two, two things. Conference championships yep. – and head-to-head. The third thing, which is kind of tangential, is common opponents. Yep. Yes. Okay, well, there's no head-to-head in any of this except for except for Alabama-Georgia, Alabama-Texas, right? And then Texas-Alabama for Texas. Oregon-Washington. Yep. Michigan-Ohio State. That's yep. right. That's right. Well, and there is a scenario Longhorn fans should, even if you win convincingly tomorrow, Patrick, that if uh, Florida State, Washington, 
uh, Michigan and uh, Georgia all win, and there are four undefeateds. They could, Longhorns could finish five, and just yep. that's a rough. That's that's bad break. Yeah, I, yeah. that's well, a bad and, break. And, and I'll tell you what. Let's 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 take a break and come back and continue this conversation on the other side. So we hit this ad break, but we're going to hit the break. We're going to come back with more of this, more college football playoff, because there's a lot more scenarios I want to get into, so I don't want to push it uh, before this break. But let's get into all the scenarios. The guys are out at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas, and we're going to continue the show right after this here on the, on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, hey, hey. It's the Horn Countdown to the Championship Kickoff Show. Presented by One Source Gas and our travel partners, Hayes City Store and The Taste on Main. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. It is a 5-1-2 Friday, so we're playing you local musicians, bands from right here in Austin, Texas, that you can go see around town this weekend, and this is the great Ray Prim. He is playing Saturday at Saxon Pub. He is a Florida State fan. Don't hold it against him. He's very upset right now because everybody's rooting against his team tomorrow, but he's going to be playing tomorrow night at Saxon Pub. While that game's going on, I know it's going to kill him. But Ray Prim, uh, one of the best in town, always a really fun show to go check out. So Ray Prim, you can check him out tomorrow at the Saxon Pub. As we continue the conversation where we left off, uh, we were talking about the college football playoffs with Bobby Burton and, and Jerry Hamilton and Aaron Hogan out there at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. I didn't want to cut y'all guys off, but I know there's a lot to talk about with the college football playoffs happening. And, you know, we have, I, I you know, I, a point that I liked Reese Davis, uh, or sorry, Chris Fowler said on Rich Eisen right before we came on was not deciding a team's fate based on one or two plays. And he was like, Texas, I don't think, is a worse team because Dylan Gabriel threw a touchdown pass at the end of the game, just as I don't think Alabama is a better team because they converted on a fourth and 31 uh, to win the game. You know, when you look at it and you can look at it one side and say Texas is, a, you know, a couple of defensive stops away from a undefeated season, I think that should play into it somewhat when you're deciding where this Texas team may end up in the college football playoffs. Well said. Uh, I agree with Rich Eisen, and I agree with you right then. I mean, uh, you know, Texas is there a couple of mistakes in the Oklahoma game, the goal line stand and their inability to punch it across, and then, you know, the, the 77 seconds from being the number one team in the country. Yeah. That's why when people say they're seventh, well, they're play away from being number one because uh, they would be had they won that game and the season played out as it has. Um, and that's 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 uh, the fact. And the fact that they're still behind Oregon right now, everyone has done the numbers. They shouldn't be, and they are. I believe, as I've said, that it's a regionality issue. They want a Pac-12 team in the college football playoff this year. And that makes sense. I mean, it's getting way too regional uh, when when it's dominated by 
Tuscaloosa and Baton Rouge and Clemson, South Carolina and Athens, Georgia. And, you know, they've got to spread it out a little bit. And I think there's a worthy team in, in the game that will be played tonight. But in the end, the Longhorns do have a realistic path to be a part of the Final Four. But, yeah. but they have to play well and they have to look the part tomorrow. And, look, sports is all about offense now. The rules are for offense. Look at basketball. Look at football. Everything's about scoring points and offense. And so naturally people dra- drift to that. Um, and I'll tell you the other thing. Uh, Rod Babers and I talked about earlier this week, I believe it was. The eyeballs, Deion Sanders, in his 4-8 and eight disastrous season at the end with everybody leaving his program, coaches and players, the eyeballs he put on the Pac-12 helped Oregon this year. Without a doubt, it helped Oregon. Unquestionably. Well, oh, perception is, you know, the numbers don't lie about Texas. They should be ahead of Oregon. But, yes, about right about the time Texas was taking their loss, you know, Oregon laid an absolute beatdown on Colorado, who yep. still was the kind of the it team. And everyone went, oh, my gosh, Colorado or Oregon's unbelievable. Uh, and that's that's just been the narrative. And, and everybody in the Pac-12 is great. They do have some really good quarterbacks in the Pac-12, but uh, they're a little bit a little bit oversold right now. But in the end, I don't think it's bad for college football to have a team from the West Coast participate in its tournament. No, I, I don't think it is at all. But, man, am I the only one that's salty that – Deion Sanders is the sports person of the year. <laughs> yes. By, I mean, lose eight, talk, nine, lose eight of your last nine games, get sportsman of the year. It's the quintessential jumping the shark, <laughs> yeah. like in, in the TV moment. You think just, Tim Brewster I, would uh, vote for him as sportsman of the year, Bobby? Yeah, I read he jumped out of there, didn't he? I read, about, I read about Christian Fourier today, the former NFL tight end, played for Bill McCartney at, mm-hmm. at uh, Colorado. and I mean, his son transferred out, and he just was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like one day you're saying the ATM's not open, and the next day you're saying, oh, we need donations so the ATM can be open. Yeah. I mean, Dion's is talking out of both sides of his mouth. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I, I know I get the idea of having a West Coast representative. I don't know that Oregon, that this Oregon team in particular is uh, good for that. But what I will say, though, they add a marquee element because Bo Nix is most likely. Yeah. Your Heisman winner. A good if he game wins, tonight. If yeah. he wins this game tonight, he is your Heisman winner, in my opinion. Yep. And so that 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 star adds to the allure of putting them in the college football playoff. Well, and I did see some sports books, uh, uh, Andrew Sports and uh, the Bet MGM, with their mock, mock. I mean, they have Oregon power rated right there with Georgia and Michigan. So as far as line, I mean, they would be you know, right in there inside a point or two against any of those three. So they have them. Power rate is the three best teams. We'll see. Uh, they'd have to prove that. But that's why you kind of want that. I love the, the argument. If they beat Washington, avenge their loss, they have a win over the top three team undefeated, uh, that secures their spot. And they get to go show it. They get yep. to go play it, right? Whether they're playing Michigan in the Rose Bowl, which is I think the TV networks would love. I mean, my, my set all week, I think the, uh, the, the ESPN would love to have Michigan playing Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Big Ten versus old Pac-12 and a new Big 12 team. And then, you know, Texas and Georgia playing in the Sugar Bowl. Oh, yeah. Now, that's the dream scenario for the playoff committee uh, for TV ratings. Oregon moving to the Big Ten, Texas moving to the SEC. I do think that's the dream scenario for uh, the the college football playoffs and the ratings. I'd be up for a hurricane at Pat O'Brien's. I don't know about you all. We could do a live stream from there. The the college football national championship game is down at NRG Stadium in Houston. That's right. Jerry's. We're going to all stay at Jerry's house. Oh, boy. (laughs) That would get me kicked out. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we're coming if they could get there, but that's a long way down the road. First things first, got to win this game tomorrow, right. Patrick. And uh, Patrick, what's your what's your mood? And well, give me some of the texts on folks. You're talking about the most. Your big pet poll of the day was the uh, most. Expl- what, what is it? The uh, the, most the important, biggest most the biggest impact player. player. And I've changed it now to offense and defense because we got a ton okay. of Devondre Sweat, which is not surprising because oh, yeah. Ollie Gordon. We did get some Jalen Fords in there. We got Anthony Hill in there as well defensively. Of course, they love Jay Witt on the text line. They always love Jay Witt, so we got some Jay Witts too. But I mean, it's it's interesting to see. I, I think the mood is pretty good. I I don't know if it the, the mood is a blowout win right now on the text line. Uh, a lot of the people have it more within that two touchdown range, so not a you know where you're covering the spread by another touchdown or two and getting that three four touchdown win that really gives you that Oregon style points that aren't supposed to be the main uh, factor, but apparently are this season. Uh, yeah. Well. I mean, when you look at it, though, the Longhorns are a two-touchdown favorite, 14 to 15. The over-under is 55, right, yeah. uh, for the total. So I think you're looking at a 35 to 20 kind of game. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what I think, you know, Vegas is looking at. I think that's about right. And if Texas goes out and wins 34-21 or 34-17 and, you know, puts this team away, that's convincing enough. It doesn't have to be 57 to 7. Sign me up. Yeah. If you tell me right now it's 34-21 and they don't cover, sign me up for that because that's – you could cash a ticket to – college football playoff with that. You, you don't want to go with the uh, 2005 score? Uh, the 70 to 3. 70 to 3? Come on, that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> that, that, you know, that is a very good one. The good thing is that Joel Klatt played in but doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, how would he talk about that game? Huh? That would just be PTSD. <laughs> he wouldn't remember. Yeah. Drew, Drew, Andrew Kelson remembers him very well I, with I, that blame. I predicted 41-20 um, on Inside Texas and on Texas football. I – I, you know, look, I, I, my thing there is, you know, BYU had success moving the football for at, at points and times against Oklahoma State, and that is one awful, awful offensive team. Who BYU? Yes. Yeah. No, I mean they were up twenty-four to six in that game. Yes. Yeah. This is a, this is an Oak State team that you can run out of the building as Central Florida did if you get rolling on them because then you make them play from behind and they yeah. have to abandon Ollie Gordon. It can get one-sided against this group because they can't play chase. They've got to keep you within reach and kind of like a boxer, you got to get you in the corner and, and and you know keep upright. But Bobby said something earlier in the week too. Oklahoma State's working on one day less rest. Yeah, that's true. And Ollie Gordon limped around with 34 carries. Yeah. And, and, and two overtimes. And, and two, two overtimes. overtimes. They had to come from behind. They expended a lot. Texas was on cruise control most of the second half after the long kick return to start start the second half from Keelan Robinson. And uh, it was 30-7, to seven and that game was over. Everybody was just waiting to see Arch Manning, which we got to do, <laughs> uh, which was pretty cool. I'd also say another story from a conversation this morning. Quan Cosby, I thought this was revealing on this team. Uh, Quan was, of course, in 2008, that heartbreaking year where the Longhorns deserved a better fate. Um, but he was talking about, because this year he did two games on the sidelines. Of course, of course uh, Quan did the sidelines for so long uh, with, with uh, Craig and Roger. And this year, Will Matthews uh, does them, and he had a baby. So he took a couple, a couple Saturdays off. So Quan jumped in, and he did the sidelines. And he said, you know, for as long as he was doing it, None of the players ever came up to him and asked him about anything about when he was playing. Right. Like, they didn't ask him about, you know, what was it like when you guys were winning all them damn games back then. And he said we, the two games he did, Tavondre Sweat, he, at one point he was talking to the whole D-line. They wanted to know what it was like in the national championship team and the culture and how, you know, how they, they, what was their attitude going into games. And he said, man, that was awesome that these guys were coming to me because they want to be that way. And he, he said it was amazing under Charlie and under Herman that never happened. Within two games this year, they all wanted to know, you know, how'd you guys pull that off? I, what was the, what was the mindset? I love it. I love. I mean, as a you know guy that grew up uh, Texas uh, like I have, 
I, I just love to hear that because you want to you want to know that those guys like Quan Cosby can give back. Yeah. Because in ten years, fifteen years, uh, it, right now Alex Okafor, for example, is coming back and doing more stuff in Austin. He can be a guy. Derek Johnson. Those guys can all be resources for the next generation of Longhorns and carry with them a winning way that they can just keep leaning in on. I well, mean, and I and now, like so well, guess what? If you can win this thing tomorrow, wherever happens beyond that, this group can become that for the future. That's right. Yes. Well, look, I mean, Austin-Westlake, the best Westlake teams that they've had and Todd Dodge had, Ethan Burke was a part of, Connor Robertson was a part of, uh, and Vosick, uh, redshirting, and Michael Taft were all a part of those teams. They have four guys um, there, and, you know, Michael Taft's grown into his position on the team. Ethan Burke's grown into his position on the team. Connor Robertson came in and played against OU and played really well. But there's a there's enough winners on this team now that have won a lot or played for a lot that have done it together, too, or watched each other do it. Um, you know, look, Quinn lost to that Westlake team in the state championship game with all those guys on that team. Um, so, I mean, there. Well, I think that's important. They, yeah. Sark makes that a priority on the recruiting yes. side. We want teams from winning programs, DeSoto, Duncanville, right, uh, Denton Ryan, and as you say, Westlake. And, uh, and that's – they know how to win. South Oak Cliff and Manny South Oak Cliff won yeah. two state titles. Alton, even though he's yep. not playing, they've got more guys who tasted winning at a high level in the high school ranks. Um, and, and a lot of those guys grew up together, played together. They've got the right mix right now going on this team and, uh, and in the program. All right, he's Jerry Hamilton. He's Bobby Burton. Patrick, uh, more on the text line. I know we got to get, get to a timeout here, but a lot of great conversations from Terry Black's Barbecue. Do you want to thank our friends at One Source Gas of Central Texas, Richard Strever and his team. If you have compressed gas needs, they're your call every single time. And uh, Hayes, Hayes City Store and Ice House and Taste on Main and Buda, our travel sponsors and partners, getting us up here. And up here means Terry Black's Barbecue uh, for another hour. Also coming up uh, tomorrow will be at Jay Gilligan's there in Arlington, right in old downtown Arlington. Uh, we'll be there from 8 to 11. Tomorrow morning, bringing you more extended pregame coverage of the Longhorns' trip to the Big 12 championship game. Thank you to our partners, Patrick. Yes, sir. Aaron Hogan out there. And I will bring up, uh, they, they're bringing the Longhorns back. Happened at basketball, too. If you saw A.J. Abrams, LaMarcus Aldridge, T.J. Ford, yeah. Serge Jabari Rice all hanging out last night at the game. It, it's great to see those guys all getting out and, and coming out and supporting the team. And, and T.J. Ford was over at the volleyball game. T, yeah, T.J. Ford's the <laughs> T.J. Ford's everywhere. <laughs> we like to see him coming around. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to take a break. When we come back. More of the text line, 512 512- Four four seven three seven seven six. We will uh, get to your text. Keep sending in your score predictions. Who is going to be the biggest impact player for Texas offense and defense? Send that in as well. And if you got any takes on uh, the basketball game, Cowboys will get into in hour three as well. Send all that in five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Come back, get to some text messages, and then in three in the six o'clock, we'll rejoin Aaron Hogan out there at Terry Black's Barbecue right here on the Sports Complex in the Horn one zero one nine AM twelve sixty, the Horn app and HornFM.com. It's the Horn Countdown to the Championship Kickoff Show. Presented by One Source Gas and our travel partners, Hayes City Store and The Taste on Main.
Back on the sports complex here on the horn. Getting your text messages, second 512 447 3776. It is a 512 Friday playing some music from Austin artists that you can go see around town this weekend. This is Dead Love Club. They're playing a show Saturday night at Buck's Backyard. They're going to be playing with the great band Bang. If you like some 80s rock and roll, some 80s metal, Ozzy and Van Halen and all that good stuff and rats and all that, go check out Bang. On Saturday at Bucks Backyard, Dead Love Club going to play some great hits too, and some of their stuff. It's going to be a really fun show on Saturday. I may be out there. I don't. I can't vouch that the Vallejo guys will be out there, but I, they seem to always show up at Bang shows. So they always seem to be around at Bang shows. <laughs> you don't know Bang. Bang is Vallejo's '80s metal cover band. So it's a, it's going to be a fun show uh, Saturday night at Bucks Backyard. So I may drop by there. You know, especially celebrating a Texas win. Especially if you know you get. FSU does what we need them to do and lose, then, you know, maybe we'll be out there celebrating. Who knows? Who knows what will happen on a Saturday night? Uh, text lines open, 512-447-3776, asking for score predictions and who do you think will be the biggest impact player, both offense and defense for Texas on Saturday. Uh, we do have some texts. Uh, my man, hey, it's Luke, the seventh grade Longhorn lover. I appreciate you texting in and listening, Luke. I appreciate that. Uh, offense, big X, Xavier Worthy, and defense, Tavon Dre Sweat. All right, and score 33-14 Texas. That's a good score. I like that. I'd like to score a few more points on them, but, you know, I think I think 14 is a real good number. I like that number a lot. This texter asks, I know uh, Oklahoma State's quarterback isn't a big scrambler, but do we know his 40 time, and what about his backup? My concern is Gundy utilizing the QB to run and move the pocket, which would be out of character for Okie State, but Gundy will exploit our defense's weakness. One weakness, we have problems with mobile quarterbacks. When the offense moves in the pocket, apply crossing patterns over the middle, exploiting our linebackers' ability to cover the pass over the middle. Alan Bowman is not a runner. Uh, I'm not worried about him doing that, and uh, his backup is Gundy's kid, Gunner Gundy. So I, I'm not as worried about the mobile quarterback thing. I don't think that's a major concern. I think you're more concerned about them getting the ball out quick to screens and other things where you are kind of moving everything really quickly and getting where the attack is at the running that is still at that point. So similar to a mobile quarterback that you're getting, you're basically taking the ball, making everybody collapse in one place and then moving the ball outward. But I think that's much more likely the running quarterback, probably not as likely. Uh, Scarlett says, I have a really good feeling Texas is going to run them off the field. I think it's just going to be a dominant all-around team win, and I don't know how that spot it'll be possible, but I want Michigan bad in the first round. I don't think it'll be Michigan. I think it's possible you could have Michigan if Alabama beats uh, Georgia and Florida State loses. There's a lot that could happen in there that could end up with Texas uh, playing Michigan somehow. That's still a possibility, but I don't think that'll happen. I, I also probably don't want to play Michigan in the first round. Uh, to me, they're still the best team in college football. But, you know, it's a Big Ten. You, you don't really get a lot of tests in the Big Ten. Uh, Chief Engineer says, offensive line going to crush. Run all over them. I like that. I like that. And, yes, Dead Love Club. Dead Love Club is a band. They do, they do a lot of 80s covers, and then they have some original stuff, too. Uh, and then Bang is the, the 80s metal cover band that is going to be a fun show at Buck's Backyard. It's just, it's a bunch of my friends that we're going to have a fun time and they're old friends. And if you ever heard of the band Vallejo in town, that's it's the story is that when they were on a label, they got signed and they couldn't play shows as Vallejo. So they made a cover band and they still go show up. And this is their reunion farewell show. I believe is what they're calling this. They don't play very often. <laughs> they, they used to play a lot back 20 years ago. They don't play a ton now. So it'll be a fun show. We need Ethan Burke to show up like he did for Bama. I like that one. I like Ethan Burke. We could have a big game as well. All right. 
Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll rejoin Aaron Hogan out there at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. I know it's getting colder out there, so we're going to frigid Aaron Hogan out at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. I hope he brought his jacket. Text line still up at 512-447-3776. We'll come back. We'll keep talking some Texas football. We may jump into some of the other games. There's a huge game tonight, Washington and Oregon. Also, Texas basketball was in action last night. We can get into that. Lots to talk about here in Hour 3 of the Sports Complex. Coming up right after this here on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.